Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Double B Creates. Today you have Brad and Kevin. We're talking to uh, Reverend Joanne Angel Barry Col Col Colon. 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 <laughs> I should have asked that beforehand. Uh, she's a certified personal trainer. She's an intuitive healer. She does cosmic energy readings. She is an astrology student and a master of numerology. And today we were kind of talking about doing an episode about fitness, but we'll see where it all ends up going because that's kind of what ends up happening anyway. So thank you uh, so much for talking to us today, giving us an hour of your time and uh, uh, basically just giving us a chance to share your energy with you. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it and I look forward to definitely sharing energy. So I, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit. Uh, we were talking about um, holistic fitness when we had discussed doing this interview. Um, I'm also really interested in the cosmic energy reading stuff because I know that you've been posting about it and I know a lot of people do. I just don't understand any of it. So um, it'd be kind of cool to dive into that a little bit and you can maybe put it into layman's terms for us who don't have any experience. <laughs> and that's, that's actually how I explain it anyway, because I like to help those who have no experience in the cosmic world understand it the best way they can without all the science, scientific approach behind it. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Because um, I noticed, like, we were talking to... Uh, one of my friends that's a, an electrical engineer and he starts talking about amperages and ohms and uh, throttle connector thing. I was like, whoa, dude, <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, that astrology, the cosmic world can definitely uh, be in that same direction once you really start going to the science behind it. <laughs> I can so, see that. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you explain it? Well, how I explain it when I, uh, when I do the cosmic energy soul readings um, to start off with, as you said in the introduction, I'm a student of astrology. And what that basically means is I do not qualify myself to be an astrologer because I'm learning as I go. And some of astrology I have down pack. Other astrology I sit back and my, uh, my eyebrows rise and I'm like, huh? <laughs> so what I do with it is I share with the the world what I understand about astrology and putting it in layman's terms so other people can understand it as well. So my biggest focus is really um, talking about the planets, where they are based on the everyday, on an individual base, and also my favorite is the moon, where the moon is each and every day. And how the moon actually impacts each and every one of us on an individual level. And what I actually mean by that is, I don't know if the two of you are familiar with natal charts. I've heard of them, but I'm not really familiar of them. Okay, fair enough. When we speak about natal chart, it's, a, um, it's basically an astrology chart. Each and every one of us has one. It's almost like... I like to call it the GPS of you on an individual level. 
I truly believe that every child at childbirth should be given their natal chart. Right from the day they're born, that by the time they're six years old, in kindergarten, they should be shown this natal chart and given an in-depth understanding of what it is, especially regarding what we call the rising or ascending sign, which is the sign that as we move into a room, we walk into a room, that's the energy we are presenting to the world. That's what people see you as. And I'll explain that in a moment. And then you have the moon sign, which is your emotions, what you are feeling each and every day. And then you have the sun sign, which is actually your birth sign. So if you were born in April, you, your sun sign would be, uh, assuming you're born in the beginning of April, your sun sign would be Aries. So for example, Kevin, when is your, what month is your birthday? Uh, the end of July. So you would be a, you'd be a Leo. Mm -hmm. That would be your sun sign. Now, depending on what your moon and rising sign is, your sun sign is basically what you are here to become in this lifetime, what you are here to learn and what you are here to, um, we'll use the word, un um, uncover about yourself on a deeper level. And Brad, was it? Yes. And Brad, what's your uh, sun sign or your birthday? Uh, first part of January. Okay, so you're a Capricorn. So we have a Capricorn and we got a Leo. And when you think about those attributes of that energy, um, and again, like I said, I'm a student. So I read my notes. <laughs> Giving you an in-depth understanding of what your signs are based on your sun sign. When we think about the Aries energy, I'm, I'm sorry, the Leo energy, the Leo energy is what we classify as the um, fifth house energy. And tell me if some of this makes sense to you in regards to when I read it. Fifth house energy attributes are self-expression, drama, you make a big thing out of nothing, excuse me as I say that, creativity, color, um, attention, where you like a lot of attention, romance, which means in your relationship you're very romantic or you like to have romance in the relationship. And you like to do a lot of play and fun. And that's for the Leo, so that's for Kevin. Does that stand out to you in any attribute at all? Uh, about half. Okay. I mean, other than fun. the drama, yeah. I can see that. <laughs> I, don't like, I don't like a lot of color and stuff like that. Like when I do charts, I'll use like grays and pastels. Um, okay. That, that really appealed <laughs> to me um, from a, a former boss that I had because we had black and white printers. And when you go to print a graph, it was really hard to see. <laughs> so it just, I don't know. And exactly. So that, that could be something that as, as you come more into yourself on a soul level of becoming who you are, that could be something that down the road you find yourself becoming more, uh, you gravitate more towards is more color hmm. based on the Leo energy. Now, based on the Capricorn energy, Capricorn energy is the 10th house energy. And um, Brad, for you, see what uh, stands out for you when I read this. It's all about structure, corp corporations, traditions, public image, fame, honors, achievements, awards, boundaries. And I, I, I highlighted boundaries because, again, I'm also an intuitive feeler. So for whatever the reasons are, I'm picking up energetically that that's important to you. Rules. Discipline, authority, 
it also plays a role with your the father figure and also your role as a father and yeah so that's that's the capricorn energy so any of that stands out for you uh probably about half of it again um i'm i don't really care for fame i mean i'm just here being me so uh the father figure was a marine so i i do understand that 100 percent. okay awesome yes so when we think about astrology and, and and the moon energy every month interesting enough this friday tomorrow's friday yes yes it is yes i hope so tomorrow we have what we call a new moon now there's two types of moon there's a full moon and there's a new moon they have we have one every single month doesn't skip a month and the new moon itself is all about setting the intentions for new things you want to bring into your experience. So that would be more like goal oriented um, ideas and writing them down. And if you're into vision boards, putting it all together or just sitting in, you know, sitting and just visualizing what this might look like for you over a 28 day period. So they're basically short term goals. And you can even go bigger in reference to something you're looking to create over a six-month period. As I mentioned, new moons happen every month along with full moons. Now, full moons are all about letting go of things. So as we go through our lives, we find that we, our vibrations rise. And when your vibration rises, theoretically, people, things, and places are going to expire. Very similar to what we're all experiencing right now with the COVID pandemic, where a lot of people have lost their jobs. A lot of people are doing things very differently, working from home for that matter. It's, I like to call it the universe's way of getting people to shift their energy and letting go of things that don't serve them anymore. And that's the full moon's energy. And theoretically, the end of this month, October 31st, we have a full moon, but this one's called a blue full moon because we actually had a full moon on October 1st. So we had two full, we'll have two full moons in the month of October. Um, Are you still following me here or have I lost you? No, that makes sense. Still with you. Okay, good. So when we have a, when we have moon energy, the moon is representing our emotions. And as funny as it sounds, um, Mondays are ruled by moon. So every Monday, our energy is ruled by moon. So depending on where the moon is on that particular Monday, meaning in the, in the specific sign, will determine how you are feeling emotionally. Now, there are four different types of elements to the moon, to, to signs for that matter, which is water, which is emotional signs, fire, which is all about action. Then there's air, which is really about the intellectual. And then there's earth, which is more grounding. So now, depending on where that moon sits on a Monday, you may wake up on a Monday morning feeling really energetic, which probably means the moon is sitting in a fire sign. Or you may wake up on a Monday morning feeling very emotional, very um, heart-centered, I like to call it. And that could be because the moon is sitting in a water sign. Or you may be feeling very intellectual, very analytical. That means there's a uh, air sign going on. Or you could be feeling very focused or the opposite of focus, very distracted. And that's because the moon might be in an earth sign. 
So that's the gist of it in reference to the moon energy. And when I speak of cosmic energy and intuitive reader, what I do with my, when I work with my clients as a personal trainer is I comply what their specific goals are relating to the, the cosmic energy and related to the intu intuition that I pick up from that client regarding what their goals are. Does that make sense? Yes. So <clears throat> the astrology, does it tie into your fitness uh, routine? And I, I, I noticed it said holistic fitness HolisticFitnessNY.com, by the way. Um, so I was, I was kind of very curious to see kind of what your approach is here. Yes. Well, and if you notice, the holistic is spelled with a W, not an H. Right. What I mean by that is when I speak with my clients, the average trainer works with their client on a physical level, meaning that they sit with their client, and they ask their client what their specific goals are, whether it's weight loss, getting stronger, toner, whatever the case might be. When I sit with my clients, I'm not really concerned, which is going to sound really weird. I'm not really concerned with what my client's goals are. And what I mean by that is, yes, I do take into account what they are looking to accomplish by working with me. However, what I do with my clients is when I sit down with them, rather than giving them a questionnaire form to fill out where there's a bunch of questions that they have to answer, I use these. These are called cosmic energy, I'm sorry, these are called chakra balance, numerology, cosmic energy, soul readings. And I actually just made up the name. It's actually called chakra balance, numerology, cosmic energy, forecast deck is what these are. I created these back in... March, yes, back in March of 2019. And for our audio folks, they were deck of cards that I'm holding. Um, some would consider them to be tarot cards. However, they're not. They're very different from tarot cards. And each card itself has a specific color. Just to show you a few for those who can actually see it. We have orange, we have turquoise, pink, red, now, if you're familiar with chakras, are either of you familiar with chakras? No. I know that there's different colors, and I've seen the picture with the figure sitting down cross-legged with the seven, I believe it is, going down the spine. Yes, yes. Uh, that's about all I know. Well, that's pretty good then, because those seven figures that's going down the spine are classified as chakra system. And each chakra system, each one is associated with a specific body part, specific emotion, and specific organ. So when I work with my clients and I have them pull the cards, I usually have them pull it between six to nine cards. And with the six to nine cards spread, I will get to see, theoretically, there may be some red cards, there may be some green cards, there may be some blue cards, et cetera, et cetera. Depending on the, the, number, the color of the cards that they have and how many of it they have of them will let me know what specific chakra needs their attention. And that will, in return, let me know where their emotions are sitting and also what 
organs we need to focus on. And when we talk about organs, it's also about dietary habits. You know, how, what we're eating, how we're fueling the body. And the cards give me a huge, a lot of information regarding what they're working on and what they want to work on. So when I take all that in consideration, I also include their birthdays, which are both of you familiar with numerology? No. Nope. Oh, we're learning a lot today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I'm all happy for this. So numerology, as I like to call it, is the power of numbers. Every number has a specific vibration and frequency. And every one of us are designed based on numbers, as we spoke on before regarding your birthdays. So Kevin, your birthday, you said, was in the end of July, right? So it's seven. Correct. What exact, what, without your year included, just the month and day? Uh, July 25th. July 25th. So when we look at, I look at those two numbers, theoretically what I would do is I would add those two numbers, including the current year that we are in, which is 2020, which when we break that down works out to be a four. And rather than giving you a whole numerology reading, <laughs> I'm just going to give you a real quick breakdown. So theoretically for you on a personal level, you are in what we call a nine personal energy year, which means for you, and let me know if any of this resonates because we are close to the end of the year. So a lot of this you might've actually experienced at this point. For you, it's about transformations, about letting things go, clearing out what's not working for you and really building up um, a new, um, I'm going to use the word, a new entrepreneurship coming into new clientele as you let go of things that aren't working for you. And that could be relating to your career, your business, um, your career, your health, your relationships, anything in that nature. Does that resonate? Uh, pretty much dead on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing the same thing like, wow, we literally just talked about this like a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, like I said, we're very close to the end of the year. So your nine energy, theoretically speaking, is really coming to an end and you're moving into one energy, which is all about your new things that you're about to uh, sort of launch, whether you're aware of it or not. And we can go into that at a different time. I want to get over to Brad. Uh, now, yours again was, just give me month and day? January 6th. Oh, little Christmas. Yep. Yeah. What's funny Night. is Emery's due date. What's that? My, my younger daughter's due date was on his birthday. Oh, nice. Okay, so now for you, oh, it's so interesting. I've been looking, I've been looking to see what number in this year would actually equal the, to this without an 11. You are a number two. And what that means for you for this year, the remaining portion of 2020, the entire portion of 2020, you were all about partnerships. You're about building new partnerships, um, cre um, improving the partnerships that you have in your relationship because of that six energy it's all about you needing to heal your partnerships intimately and also professionally both of you are also building a new foundation in this energy in this in this actual year in itself but brad going back to you is that that two energies about your partnerships healing the relationships and not sure why i keep emphasizing that <laughs> But 
healing the relationships is something that was very important for you to do this year. And lots of new beginnings taking place for you in this year. And as you move into next year, you're going to be moving into a three energy, personally speaking, which is about the things you're creating and the things you want to communicate about, how you want to network, and how you want to, um, what you want to teach to the world is what you're going to be going into. Does that resonate with you at all? Yeah, it's pretty dead on. It's kind of creepy dead on. <laughs> yes. So... When I work with my clients, this is what I do with them. I get, I, based on their birthday, based on the cards, the, the chakras that might show up based on the colors. At that point, I then sit down with them and we discuss together what their goals are because then I ask them their goals and see how their goals are aligned to what it is they're supposed to be doing. And when I use the word supposed to be, in reference that serves their higher self. Because averagely speaking, my approach also when we talk about nutrition and weight, my approach is about releasing weight, not losing weight. Okay, you want me to explain that? Yes. Okay. When we think about the word losing weight, so we, if the two of you both decided that you're going to go on a diet and both of you dropped 20 pounds, losing 20 pounds, psychologically, if you lost your favorite wallet, pen, hat, shirt, what are you going to go and do? Well, I'm going to look for it. Exactly. Same thing with weight. Psychologically, you lose the 20 pounds. Psychologically, you're going to go look for it because there's a reason why psychologically, you, and I use this word very lightly, you invited the 20 pounds in to start with. Weight doesn't just come on just to come on. We invite it in for some reason or another. Most of the time, the reason why we invite the weight in is based on some sort of trauma that we've experienced at some point, whether it's from childhood or maybe even a past life experience that we bring into this lifetime to learn the lesson of. And when I work with my clients about releasing weight, the question I ask my clients is, are they ready to really work on tapping into the trauma so they can work on releasing that weight. And when I use the word tapping into the trauma, means we're going to dig deep into the wound of where that trauma started and whatever it might be. And theoretically, at the time when I sit with the client and I'm having this conversation, I already know what the trauma is. However, as a healer, my job is not to tell them what the trauma is. My job is for them to be ready to talk about it. And once they're ready to talk about it, we work together on the process of aligning the chakras. We're going to go back to those chakras again. Aligning the chakras to clear out any blockages that might prevent them on releasing the weight. Once we get past those blockages and release the weight, then they actually accomplish and succeed at keeping that weight off because they actually took the root and cut it. And that's when people are more successful with seeing the results they're looking to see as opposed to the many million people who do yo-yo dieting, who get, lose 20, 30 pounds, and unfortunately within six months to a year later, they gain it back. And this is a constant thing, a roller coaster ride that they lose the 20, they gain 40.
lose to 40, they gain 60. It's just one of those things because as we age, our metabolism slows down and it's harder to lose the weight due to the fact that your metabolism is slower. And the key component is to getting to the understanding of the relationship they have with food and how to develop a better, better relationship with food and a better relationship with themselves as well. And these are things I cover with my clients. There's three, <laughs> excuse me, there's three concepts or should I say three parts to a relationship? The relationship they have with themselves, the relationship they have with their body, and the relationship they have with food. And those are the three areas that when I work with clients, I work with them on so they can develop a better relationship with themselves because when they like themselves more, they're gonna have better relationships with other people. When they like themselves more, they're gonna fuel their body rather than feed their body. And then they're going to have a better relationship with, them, with their body because they actually will like what they feel like in their own body. Make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, Any that, questions on that? That kind of opens up a lot of other thought, thought processes too. Such as? Um, well, I just think uh, a lot in fit and, and fitness alone um there's a lot of negative connotations to certain words and dieting working out and how you're going about it there isn't a there isn't a negative connotation it's just better yes yes well even when we think about the word working out i mean at what point did did the industry, the fitness industry become a place where we can't use the word exercise and we have to replace it with movement? You know, the, the relationship that people have with the word exercise is so negative impacting that they don't want to use it. It's true. You know? So that's another thing I work with, on, with my clients as well in reference to what is their relationship with exercise? You know, do they feel worthy enough to exercise or movement, whichever is better for the ear for that matter? You know, because it all comes back to that as well. It's the relationship the individual may have regarding feeling worthy enough to commit to an exercise program. And if they don't feel worthy enough to committing to an exercise program, unfortunately, the goals they're looking to accomplish will not be accomplished because they will not allow themselves to feel good because they don't feel worthy of it. And that again is the work I do with the, my clients is to get them to get them to that place of recognizing where not feeling worthy actually comes in from their life. Was it something that they experienced as a child that they might've heard in reference to, well, you're not allowed to ex you're not allowed to go bike riding um, because you you did X Y or Z. So when you tell a child something like that, that stays with them, and then it it, it causes them to have a negative aspect to exercise. So really getting to the deep psychological concept of why a person may not be that successful with their results and what causes them to Yes, they can drop the 20 pounds, but why can't they keep the 20 pounds off? 
you know, and I answer their why for them in the process of recognizing that, well, you're looking to lose 20 pounds. And we already established that if you lose something, you want to look for it and find it and bring it back. So when one can get that mindset that we're going to release the 20 pounds, but more importantly, what is that 20 pounds attached to on an emotional level? And that they've been carrying with them since whatever age. And it's not so much when I ask the client, well, are you ready to release that 20 pounds? They may very well be eagerly to say yes. But my question to them is check in with that inner child that invited that 20 pounds in and see if the inner child is ready to release that 20 pounds. Because that inner child may not be because that inner child may either not feel safe yet, not worthy of it yet, insecure, and whatever other feel, uh, emotions that might be attached to it. And then that's when I have to work with that client with their inner child to get that inner child to feel worthy, confident, and worthy, and, and safe for that matter, to want to release the weight. Make sense? I really, I really like that because there's, I don't know, it just, it's almost like um, you're, you're taking the extra step from what a lot of other people do and just, oh, I'm just here to work you out for 20 minutes and see you later. Yes. Well, and when we think about I'm just here to work you out for 20 minutes. It's not just about the workout for 20 minutes. There's so much more to it. You know, in reference that, yes, giving them the right exercise, uh, giving them the right, what I like to call prescription. And why do I use the word prescription versus exercise work plan or regimen? In this day and age, when you think of the medical industry, everyone's on a prescription of some sort. So why not just use the word prescription? So I'm going to prescribe to you that you need to do possibly five days of weight training and three days of cardiovascular and seven days of stretching. Now the average person in their mind would be like, there's not that many days in a week. <laughs> and, and yeah, well there isn't, there's only seven, which means theoretically out of the seven days you are stretching. Five of those days, along with your stretches, you're weight training. Three of those days, you're going to be doing all of it. That's the prescription. Well, it's not one size fits all. And then in addition to the prescription of the, the physical activities, then it's also the component of how often do they need to come see me so we can align their chakra system. And I also teach them how to do that because I don't expect them to come see me every single day. And you need to align your chakra system daily, sometimes even more frequently than daily because depending on the different people you come in contact with, that can definitely throw off your energy system. I'm sure both of you have experience at one point or another. You, you wake up in the morning and you're feeling excellent and you walk out the house and all of a sudden you're like, damn, why did I feel like I need to go take a nap? Because you walked into energy that was not high vibration and it dragged your energy down. You know, and when your energy gets dropped, it creates a stagnation in your own work. So you may not feel productive. 
So it's really about aligning one's chakras as often as one needs to check in to find out, well, okay, why is it I'm feeling a little distracted? Well, why is it I'm not confident enough to make that phone call to make that sale? You know, these are our chakra points. And, it, and our chakra points affect us on a personal level and also on a professional level. And, and when our chakras are out of alignment, it also impacts our health. Because as I said earlier, each chakra point's associated with your organs. So if you have a specific chakra that's blocked, it could be the heart chakra, you may have high blood pressure, you may experience the anxiety, you may experience a stress, and that's all due to the fact that the heart needs work. So aligning the chakras, they come to me once a week for me to do a, a thorough alignment. I teach them the tools that they can actually use on their own in between seeing me. And then I also show them how to meditate because meditation is a part of de-stressing. How many of us are at a high stress level right now? I'm sure the two of you, how are you feeling on your stress level right now with the pandemic? Uh, well, I don't think I've really had an issue with it because, I mean, I was working for the state at a sewer plant and they're never going to shut that down and then I moved 1,100 miles to Kansas and found another job. That job sucked, got another job, and now it's pretty good. So during the period of getting another job and that job sucked, did you experience a little bit of stress? Um, more excessive irritation. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. And how about you, Kevin? What's your stress level like? Uh... What's higher than 10? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever level you want above 10 works for me. <laughs> um, long story, super, super short. Uh, my wife recently went and got a job because the one that I have will be gone in, was five months now? Yeah, five months. Something like that. Um, so we're just, we're kind of riding that wave right now. And I live in the middle of nowhere. So uh, any of these companies that I talk to seem to just want people to be in the office and don't like the remote people and stuff like that but then this uh this whole thing hit and everybody's been working from home which has been uh pretty beneficial because a lot of these companies are going oh uh, our pro productivity's a lot better than it used to be and nobody's in the office I'm like how oh, weird um, <laughs> yeah exactly and works really well in that personal nine energy that you have going about the transformation you are undergoing right now. That's kind of what I was thinking about when you were saying it. Yeah, so that works out really well. And, and yeah, you definitely have a high reason to be in that high stage of stress because of the unexpectancies of pandemic and the fact that your wife has to go to work. And uh, yeah, so when we think about the stress level, should one not have an outlet to release that stress? Uh, beside, you know, it could be exercising, it could be talking about it, but also a really great way to really decrease stress is meditation, allowing yourself to just clear your mind of whatever thoughts you have going on, especially heavy thoughts, such as the negativity and the worry and the fears and the anxiousness, and I can go on and go on and go on, and get into that space of just calmness and, and just being in that space of recognizing that whatever is happening right now is actually happening for you, not to you. And it's actually helping to serve you in a higher level, which is why it's taking place in your nine energy year. 
and everything is actually really going to work out to your highest good and in your favor. If that, if you can believe that. And <laughs> as he smiles and when we think about our stress level and having that outlet to meditate or just to breathe, because sometimes when we get into a high stress space, anxiously speaking, we tend to hold our breath and we don't even realize that we're holding our breath. And that creates a lot of stagnation with our chakras as well, because when we're holding our breath, it means we're not moving anything. Everything is completely stagnant. So these are the things, again, that when I work with my clients, I educate them about. I introduce them to. And also, which I'm loving, the, I'm hoping Brad is drinking water and not soda or something, but we're going to pretend he's drinking water. <laughs> it, it, it's water. I, I really have to stop drinking soda. I'm starting to... Now, yeah. how did I know he drinks soda? <laughs> well, I, I have kidney issues if I don't drink enough water. So I've been cutting myself pretty short on soda recently excellent excellent which is a good thing to do the relationship you have with yourself that two energy yeah so when we think about when i work with the, my clients it's about formulating their exercise prescription that's going to involve their workouts their cardiovascular and stretching and also how many days a week they need to meditate and i use the word need because it is a need it's a necessity it helps us to decrease our stress levels Meditation doesn't have to be this long, drawn-out process. Meditation can be basically just closing your eyes and focusing on breathing. Very simple, because we all need to do it. And theoretically, which I love this one, we all have five minutes to meditate, because we all go to the bathroom. And you can meditate when you go to the bathroom. doesn't have to be a practice where you have to put the candles on, light the favorite uh, incense, dim the lights, put the music on, lay your mat out. Yeah, all that is great, but you don't have to if you don't have the time to do it. Meditate in a damn shower. It's a great place to meditate because you got the water leaking down in your crown chakra, which is your, your head, and literally flowing through all your chakras and clearing out things. So in the shower, rather than focusing on all the things that's going wrong in your life, take that time to breathe and take that time to utilize the water as, as the process of clearing things out. So whatever is causing you to worry and stress, just think of that just going down the drain and clearing out and think about how you would like your life to be and create that image in your mind as you're in the shower. And by the time you get out of the shower, stay with that vision of whatever you'd like your life to be and continue staying focused on that. So that's the meditation practice. And then we have water, since we're talking about the shower. Water is extremely important. Hydration. It actually helps our body to function. It also helps our body to focus. When we don't drink enough water in our day, we get very foggy and distracted because we get slightly dehydrated. The average person walks around being dehydrated more times. Than they walk around being dehydrated more times than they are actually hydrated. So it's really important to drink water. And it also helps the flow of your chakras too. The more you're drinking water, things are moving. It's moving out of your body. So this is a process that I do with my clients. It's all about getting everything together, all of, all of the data, and then putting together that prescription for them. And at that point is where we start the process of getting them to release whatever it is they want to release. And it may not even be weight. 
it may just be the fact that they just need to move their body because everyone has very different goals in mind. Thanks to the pandemic, most people are gonna be looking to release about 15 pounds <laughs> just because we've been sitting at home. We're not as active as we were because we've been sitting at home. We've all used the excuse that the gyms are closed so we can't exercise. The reality of it all is, as I said, it's an excuse. Just because the gyms are closed doesn't mean you can't exercise. I think if I'm not mistaken, Kevin, you were watching one of my videos. I did. I was speaking about my 10-minute Super Blast workout, 10-minute Super Blast workout. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I incorporate, I designed that with two things in mind. A, the average person doesn't, doesn't think they have time to work out. So the reality is if you work out 10 minutes a day, an effective, intense workout, it's just as good as if you go to the gym and work out for an hour. The key is to move the body. And as you move your body, you start to feel better. And as you start to feel better, you'll want to move your body longer. And then the exercise programs I do show in the 10 minutes are all home-based exercises. So it's not, there's no equipment necessary if someone doesn't have equipment. And there's other things that they can use in replacement to free weights if they don't have free weights, such as a broomstick and water bottles. And you can get a full total body workout in 10 minutes and feel really good at the end of it. Any questions there? I always kind of laughed at people when they were like, oh, the gym's closed, so uh, I can't do this or that. And I'm like, when I, when I uh, trained mixed martial arts, I was in probably the best shape I've ever been in in my entire life. Um, and I've never went to the gym to lift weights at all, period. All of my workouts were more or less cardiovascular. Um, and if I was to work out at home, I was running the um, insanity program. That one was fun. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's no weights, drink a ton of water and try to keep up. <laughs> Oh yeah, and and when you when you use the word no weight, you're still using a weight, and you know what that weight is? Your body weight. Exactly. Exactly. And when we think about the insanity program or any program that doesn't involve actual physical weight, where you're actually using your own body, the more you do the workout, the 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 lighter you're gonna get because you're moving and you're changing your eating habits and you're drinking the water. So the lighter you get, the quicker your body can move. Now the downsides to when we're doing the workouts where we're not using physical weight is as you do trim down and you get lighter in regards to the elasticity. Now it's a little different for women to men and I want to point that out since I'm sitting here with the two of you who are men. <laughs> men have a higher capacity of muscle tissue where women do not. Therefore, if a woman were, a woman, if women were to do just all exercise where it's just about their body weight and no additional resistance, their skin capacity, their elasticity will not get tight. So they will end up losing weight on the scale, but not being lean. And if, if they ever had a body fat analysis done, they would actually be fatter, but they'd be skinny. And that's the difference between men doing the insanity plan versus women doing an insanity plan because women do need to add a little resistance to what they're doing to main, maintain muscle tissue. Where men have that advantage that 
They just build muscle tissue because they have a higher, higher level of testosterone. And that's just a fact. So for women who want to do insanity, <laughs> once you start seeing that weight come down, you're going to need something to increase the resistance so you can get tighter as opposed to just tinier. Make sense? So I was told at one point by a guy who's a super duper fitness enthusiast that um, when you lose a lot of weight, you, you do lose the elasticity in your skin. And he told me that um, one way to combat that is to uh, try to get your HGH levels to go up and stay up. And then he said one of the most easy or simple ways to do that, easy and not the word simple, um, is to run sprints, like sprint yes. ladders. Yes. Yeah. And uh, when we think about sprinting, and again, going back to women, <laughs> not all women are designed to run. Not all women are designed to sprint. And what I mean by that is, depending on how their body chemistry, body, body, um, body type is rather, if they are not, uh, what I'll use the word, natural sprinters, to turn around, to suddenly decide to take on a program or a training program to become a sprinter, depending on your age or when that happens, may, may not be the best program for them based on their age and their hormone levels. Make sense there? Totally gonna say something and I went to go open my mouth and it stopped. Mm, I wonder why. <laughs> I want to hear what you were going to say. If I could remember, that would be fantastic. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was it? Uh, I, it's gone. I like the, the idea of using the resistance bands and things like that. Um, I'm not a sprinter either. I never actually was. And I took a physical test for one of the police departments in Salt Lake like 13 years ago. And I trained for like six weeks and the only thing I trained on was the running test because I knew mm -hmm. that was the one that was gonna give me a run for my money. See what I did there? Um, <laughs> ended up passing it, but barely. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, was, I was using a treadmill and stuff and using timers and all sorts of stuff. And it was a nightmare to say the least. And now, even if I wanted to uh, try to run or jog or anything, I'd probably end up with another plantar fasciitis flare-up, which is mm. <laughs> and and I also want I also want to put out there as well in reference to anyone who are run anyone who's planning a running regimen. The worst place to run on is a treadmill. Worst place to run on is a treadmill. And reason being is when you think about the tracking to a treadmill, and if you ever watch someone run on the treadmill, when their foot lands on the, tre on the actual track of the uh, treadmill, their knee, now this is not something you can actually see because it's, it's not noticeable. The knee joint itself literally like pops out of alignment because when you're landing down because of the tracking, is not in alignment to your body. 
And every time a person does that, they're literally, it's like, a, like just a second where it pops out and comes back in because of the alignment to the treadmill. The treadmills are not designed for running, although theoretically when you watch commercials about treadmills, you see a runner on it. But the worst place to run is on a treadmill. If you're going to run and you're specifically looking to run so you can improve your, your speed for some sort of exam, such as um, police department, fire department, whatever have you, the best place to run is on the track. It's, and, it's, and it's real time because reality is when they're, when they're testing you, they're not putting you on a treadmill to run. They're going to have you run on a track. So my suggestion to save your knees and your Achilles and, and everything else from, from the hips down, no running on a treadmill. <laughs> Walk on a treadmill if you like, but not running. Yeah, like we have the worst design ever too because your, your hips and your ankles are full rotation and then you've got your knees right in between that are uh, 90 degree rotation and not uh, they don't they don't handle stress very well <laughs> exactly exactly as long as you possibly can exactly yes i i totally get that you know and again whether whatever the person's fitness regimens are you know in regards whether it's you know jogging cardio treadmilling whatever it is the idea is for one to become aware of their body and recognize what their body is capable of doing and not capable of doing. Isn't it the number one cause of injury is overstraining your body? Um, I was reading something or listening to an interview or something. I cannot remember. It was a long time ago. They said uh, a lot of people don't know their limits and they want to push the boundaries and, and do everything really fast instead of taking their time and forming habits and muscle memory and stuff like that. And that's the number one thing that, that I swear. Well, that was yeah. Topic. And I think to add to that, in regards to a, a number one reason why the average person does get injured when they are too enthusiastic is hydration. As I said earlier, the average person is dehydrated. And hydration and nutrition are key components to your fitness regimen. If your body is not hydrated, it means your joints are not hydrated. And if your joints are not hydrated, when you're going to work out, you're going to have tight joints. And it creates an imbalance to um, your strengths and your weaknesses. So hydration is key. How much water we consume in the course of our day is very important to how our body is going to respond and how our body is also going to recover after the workout when we're hydrated, along with, again, our, our meals that we do consume, what we're actually eating, and are we eating? I mean, theoretically, the average person, specifically women, I don't know too many men that do this, but for whatever the reasons are, when, when women are looking to release weight right away, they're, they're cutting back on calories, but yet they're lifting weights. Something I can never fathom in my mind, why somebody would cut back on calories, but you're lifting weights. How does that even work? Why would you restrict yourself of 500 calories when you're going to the gym 
and you're lifting weights. Does not match. Doesn't make sense. Weight training is so you can build up muscle tissue. Muscle tissue is supported by the caloric intake you take in. If you're not taking enough calories in, your body's not going to be able to produce the muscle tissue. Nor are you going to have the energy to produce the muscle tissue because you're not going to have the strength to lift a heavier weight. And to me, it, it always blows my mind when women sit back and say, well, I'm on a carb depletion diet. Why? Why are you depleting your carbs? You need carbs. Same way where we need fat and the same way we need protein. Just how much of it do we need is the big question. You know, but it always gets me a little off edge when, when women sit back and they, they're talking about eating all their salads and not having their carbohydrates and they're in the gym working out. It's like, well, what did you look like six months ago before you started working out? And are you looking the same way you look now? Because if you're looking the same way you looked six months ago, how is your program working for you? If you're cutting out calories, you need calories. Calories is energy and we need them. <laughs> there's, there's so much stigma around calories now because of all these fad diets and all this crap that keeps coming out. Um, like I remember the food pyramid, for example, we were always taught you have to have this amount of this and this and this. And then I was reading a study, uh, probably like 11 years ago. And they were talking about how the food pyramid is completely wrong now. Yeah. Well, do you know, do you know, um, I don't know if I want to use the word why the food pyramid was designed or who the, here's the word. Who is the who was the the original food pyramid designed for? The government. Besides the government, <laughs> anybody know? <laughs> I, I read about it and I don't remember everything. Um, I'm sure that I used to know the answer. Well, the answer is low-income families. That's who that food pyramid was designed for. Low-income families, making sure you have enough carbohydrates because that was the bigger factor when you think of the, the pyramid. Having the, the uh, lots of carbs, protein, a little bit of fat because the carbohydrates are cheaper to have. So unfortunately, over the years, um, I forget exactly the specific dates, but they have re-evaluated the food pyramid I would say within the last maybe 26 years, I think they reevaluated that food pyramid, I think a total of three times. Jesus. So, wow. Yeah, and, and prior to reevaluating it in the last uh, 26 years, three times, that food pyramid was never evaluated from the very first time they created it over a really long period of time when they started realizing like, okay, this pyramid isn't working out so well. I think the second pyramid they designed, if I'm not mistaken, was when they had the steps on the side of it. If you're both familiar with the food pyramid. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I think that was the second one they designed. And then they've done two more since. Um, I'm not quite sure what the food pyramid looks like right now because 
again, as a nutrition coach, when I work with my clients, my approach is not about giving them a diet. My approach is not about what they can have. My approach is getting them to understand the relationship they have with food. And that's, that's the approach I give them is what is your relationship with food? And if you choose to want to have the hog and less ice cream, what is your relationship with it? Are you enjoying it? Are you allowing the, the calories to go where the calories need to go? Or are you feeling after you've had the hog and less ice cream that, oh my God, now I feel bloated. The weight is going to my hips. Not a good relationship with food if that's the case. So again, it's something that I work with my clients on is developing a relationship with food. So it's not about you can't have this, you can't have that. It is about the relationship. And interesting enough, do I have it here? I can show the two of you because I know this is audio, so the viewers only get to hear this. They don't get to see, correct? Yeah. Um, just so the viewers know, I'm holding up a book, and it's called Declutter, Reshape, and Feng Shui. It's a brand new book. It will be launching as of the 22nd of this month. I and another woman wrote it. My portion of the book is a 10-year process of what I've been looking to write for 10 years. I, I wrote this 10 years ago, and for whatever the reasons were, I decided it wasn't, there was something I needed more to it, and I wasn't ready to publish it 10 years ago. I was almost in publication, but something said, there's something you need more, and the more portion of it was all about the, 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 the um, chakra balancing, and really getting a better understanding to the relationship that one has with food and the psychological components to releasing weight and not losing weight. So that's where this comes in. So when I speak about with my clients in regards to their food intake, it's not about a diet. I do not give out diets. I don't recommend diets. And I just encourage them in the book there is a page about portion control and using your own hand, you can learn how to portion control your food. And then eventually over time, you don't, need, you don't really need to use your hand. You'll know right off the back how much you're supposed to have, whatever it is you want to have. And balancing it out would make sure you're making sure you're being, you're being active so you're not just sitting all day. And recognizing that again, what is your relationship with food? If you choose to want to eat what you want to eat, but you're enjoying it and appreciating it, it's not going to go to your hips. But if you're sitting there saying to yourself, oh my God, I just had this burger and now I feel bloated and it's going to go right to my hips. It's what you say to yourself is what you create. And that's the whole process when I work with my clients with nutritional habits. It's learning to develop a relationship with your food. And when you do, dieting goes out the window. That makes a lot of sense because when you can learn new habits and things like that, um, it's a lot easier than saying, oh, I'm going to go do this diet and trying to stick to it and totally 180-ing everything that you know. Um, just like these small little changes help quite a bit. Um, like we, for example, 
we didn't completely cut out, but we mostly like replaced ground beef with like ground turkey. For example, if we were going to do um, like a taco night and then we, instead of doing the huge uh, flour tortillas, we've been trying those new like sun-dried tomato and spinach ones and stuff like that. Not that they're much better, but just like little things like that. Um, I think they go a long way in the long run. Sure, sure. And again, going back with your relationship, you know, the relationship that you have with the food. You know, I mean, if somebody wants to turn around and have the beef burger versus the turkey burger, if they have a good relationship with beef burgers, why not have it? If that's what they really want. You know, but yes, installing new lifestyle, lifestyle habits are important. And retraining, I like to say, retraining the brain to let go of habits, patterns, and beliefs that are outdated for the individual. The things that we've learned from generations to generations may not work anymore with your generation. Mm -hmm. Completely agree. So we do have one question that we ask on every episode. And sure. um, that is, what is your personal definition of success? Oh, I ask my clients that question. <laughs> what is my personal definition of success? My personal definition of success is setting up an intention, following it with action, and seeing it through to manifestation. That's success. I like it. I like it a lot. Instead of just relying on... Oh, he's really low. You, uh, all of a sudden... Pushed Where'd you go? Open. No, I just, I heard something else. But, uh, you know, it's... Oh, where's my thought go? Kevin, can you hear him? No, it's almost like he's on mute. <laughs> Can, we can hear you like microscopically <laughs> like you turned a knob on your microphone or something I don't know <laughs> but um, yeah all of this this has been really um, insightful to say the least I've learned quite a bit from you and I really like what you're doing and to be honest, I didn't look into it too much um, before we hopped on. So I, it was interesting that I started talking about astrology before we got into the, uh, the holistic fitness. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense, though. Yep, absolutely. Yes, um, I tie it all together. Well, we are both hungry. <laughs> <laughs> And all this food talk hasn't really been helping. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> I, I ate breakfast today and I skipped lunch because I've been in and out of meetings and conversations and stuff. So I'm going to go grab me some food before bed. There you go. Um, I really appreciate giving us some time. I really enjoyed our time here. 
Um, I will have all of your links in the description for the podcast, as well as um, the link to the book. As soon as it comes out, I'll update it. Awesome. So thank you again. Thank you for having me. I uh, enjoyed our conversation. I just never know where conversations take me. <laughs> I was very excited to talk about just the workouts and all that lovely stuff. And I, I, I was like, okay, so we're going.